Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. Okay, guys, this is Alan, and I am the one in charge today. Trinity is out of the house, and the, 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 the kids are here to play. Are you guys ready? I feel oh, so yeah. unsupervised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're all naked too. It's like Trinity's gone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Too much. Yeah. Was it too much? (laughs) Just enough, probably. Um, Jen, I wanted to talk to you. You went to Tulum this past week in in Mexico. I I want just talk about your experience overall. And like, I know that when you were first going uh, prior to the trip, you said like you were like, I can't wait to just go sit on the beach and do all that stuff. But when you came back, you said that you. You learned so much from the experience. So, so before I left, just to give you a background, like I was having some a little bit of anxiety and you know, um, just craziness going on in my life. And I said, oh, I just can't wait to go to Tulum. I'm gonna sit on the beach. I'm just gonna like relax and do nothing for five days. Yeah. Um, so I get there, and and it was an amazing experience. But um, so it was put on by High Low Fitness. Yeah. It was their re- their retreat. Nice. And um, how many people were there? I don't know, 40, 50. Oh, okay, yeah, wow. it was a big group yeah, of people. Yeah. yeah. And um, when you, sorry, when you yeah. say retreat, what was the nature of it? Wellness. So they had high classes um, and they had low classes. So they had, you know, hit workouts, bar, yoga. And then they also had arranged with the resort to do meditation, sound baths. And um, they also had, uh, what do you call them? Healing retreats or healing, I don't know what you want to call it. It was Taz Macau, it was like a sweat lodge. Yeah, I saw that. That oh, yeah. was okay. So, it looked like a little pizza oven. So let me. So yeah. So let's talk about until I'm fully baked. Just stick me in yeah. for a minute. And yeah. and and I and they <laughs> had the, also they have this like the spa right. Yeah. And I went to the spa and I signed up for what I thought was going to be like a massage, like this yeah. holistic massage. You know, rub my body, relax me, all the things. Yeah. Well, that didn't quite happen that Wait, way. <laughs> so I go in and I signed up like the way they had these sign up sheets. There was like four or five pages of different people Mm -hmm. and I just put my name on an empty slot thinking they all do the same thing you didn't read the directions I didn't read the directions (laughs) (laughs) I did not read the directions so I go in and she's like so have you heard of tapping and I'm like I don't know but that sounds painful I don't want that (laughs) I don't want none of that I don't want that I'm like is that like cupping because I don't like that either right I just want you to massage me gently yeah and but basically um she's like no 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 you need it I can feel that you need it and I'm like (laughs) Oh shit! I don't. I don't know. So I'm like, okay. I'm thinking, how bad could this possibly be? Okay. Anyway, so she starts like tapping me like all over my face. Oh god, that's my nightmare. Wait, tapping on your face? Tapping on my face, like here, here, and here, and like all over, and then my arms and my chest, and I'm like, and she's talking to me and saying, you know, just asking me all these questions, and I'm like about like my childhood and this and that, and I was like. Oh my gosh! I'm going to cry. Like yeah. I have to get out of this room. Yeah, maybe that, that sounds was like the point, Chinese though. water that was torture. The point that was the point. Yeah. She was like tapping to like get you to like. She was getting shit out of my body. Wow. Yeah. And so afterwards, at the end, I said I was cry- crying hysterically. Yeah. And she says, "You come back tomorrow, and I'll give you a massage." And I said, "I don't know if I can handle it another oh day." Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I did go back though, and I did get my massage. Well, I love the also the video of you jumping off of the the cliff. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah. So I made. Um, so I know she had a full. <laughs> years worth of vacations in like three I days. I did, I did. So um, Jerry, one of the high coaches, yeah. I, he's like, come on, Jen, let's go. And I was like petrified. I yeah. didn't want to do it. 
And he held my hand and we jumped off and it was actually not that bad, really. Yeah. It was just more in my head, like, like, oh my badass. gosh, I'm yeah. going to like die and like hit the ground and never come out of the water. Yeah, but no big deal. No big yeah. deal, but it was fun. Amazing. But let me tell you about the, the sweat lodge because that, was, that <laughs> yes. was an experience. So, okay. <laughs> so it's like this, it looked like an igloo, but it was like cement. Yeah, no, a pizza oven. A pizza yeah, oven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pizza, pizza, pizza oven. oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but in the middle of it, of the um, pizza oven, there was like a fire pit. Right? Yes. And you sit around the fire pit. So I think if it like six to nine people, uh-huh. you sit on the floor around the fire pit. Yeah. They shut the door uh-huh. and put a blanket over the door. So it's completely dark. So if you're afraid Wait, of the dark. Wait, they put a blanket over the y- door? Okay. Yeah. So you, so you couldn't get light in, you know, I, I guess from underneath or around. Out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're in the dark, number really one. Dark. Okay. It's hot as you know what in there. Hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's hot a good word. Yeah. Hot yeah. as hell. <laughs> And they have a little ceremony before you go in. You go in, they shut the door, and they, well, they put the coals in, they shut the door, and so you're having this heat. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, I don't know how to describe the heat other than to say it's sort of like a sauna, sort of like a steam room. So it was like a dry room. Like oh, you got paid it's sort of like, like a damn be, pizza. You're being cooked. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're being smoked like some pork. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, and so there's like four se- There's like four sessions, right? So you go in. Yeah. They shut the door for like 20 minutes, and you go through like different chants, and they talk about you know what why you're here, wow. what, what kind of healing you're looking for, and like just all kinds of emotional things. Yeah. <sighs> it was, and then you sweat awesome. it out and you sweat it out. Yeah. And so then, and then 20 minutes goes by, they open the door for a few minutes and then they do the same thing. But each segment was a different, um, I don't know how, what, what you want to say, like a different emotional segment, I guess okay. you could say, yeah. you know, um, and at the very end we laid down like in fetal positions and in silence for a minute and, mm-hmm. um, we screamed, we are warriors, and we screamed some chants. I love that. We, we cleansed our body We're with this plant. We're going to do that at the end of this, wor- yeah. uh, at the end of this yeah. episode. Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to say that yeah. out loud Anyone right have now. a pizza oven yeah. we can borrow yeah. 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 for a minute. Um, That's and amazing. The, well, the really one interesting part was that we, well, they gave us this plant, and like you were, we kind of like did the chakras with the plant and healed all over. Uh-huh. All the places. Yeah. It was interesting. All the places. All the places. Even all, right. all the places. <laughs> all right? I just have images in my head right now. Keep going. Um, Anyway, do this what you will. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, we all cried. We all like let our shit out, and um, it was it was amazing. It was a really different experience. I was nervous about it, but I'm I'm glad that I did it. And at the end, we all took our shirts off and jumped in the ocean. There's a lot of nakedness on this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going next year. (laughs) Here we go, guys. (laughs) All right, and on that note, we will be right back. With Emily Cox. <laughs> so y'all, I'm all kinds of excited to introduce my client, friend, and all-around fempreneur, the one and only Emily Cox. She is the co-founder of Onyx Design Collaborative, principal designer, and also the founder of Building Badasses. Yeah. I also want a fellow ginger as well. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I feel Welcome. special sitting here between the two I of know, them. I yeah. know. Y'all are ginger sandwich. You're getting all sort of hot. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm getting bothered over here. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are outmanned and outgunned. Welcome, Shelly. How's it going? So, so well. Happy 2020. I know. Yes. I was doing, I was doing, uh, I was stalking you Ooh. a lot. Hardcore stock. Um, that happens. And Scary. I, the, the couple things that, yeah, that happens, I'm going to dive in more into that later. Um, I, um, I was, I found uh, one thing that really popped out to me was the fact that you are 
uh, from a family of six children. True story. Uh, yes. Yeah. I yes. just want to dive in deep. Like, where where do you come from? Where are you from? <laughs> like, how was that situation? What's in your, your story? Past? Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. Your story? Just yeah. Like, Tell us all. Yeah. That situation is actually pretty rad. Um, yeah. I'm from a town here in South Carolina called Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. I'm certain you've never heard of I was it. Gonna I say, have I've not. never heard of it. Where is that? <laughs> um, basically, if you ever vacationed in Myrtle Beach as a child, you drove down the interstate and you saw uh-huh. endless. This uh, array of really obnoxious, semi-racist billboards for South of the Border. <laughs> which is, I love South of the Border. Yeah, it's the number one tourist trap in America, oh, officially. Yes. Yeah. Shamelessly so. 100%. So I grew up in the shadow of the sombrero of South of the Border. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Surrounded by endless fields of tobacco. Oh, wow. Yeah, so That's... our um, Mullins High School, our our. Mascot, uh, we're the home of the fighting auctioneers. The, the auctioneers? auctioneers? Yeah. What does to, that look like exactly? That, uh, yeah. It looks like an Indian chief. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So growing in a growing up in a household of six children, you're the oldest of the six, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you are sort of the higher you're you're the um, hierarchy, um, <laughs> ringleader. The, the ringleader. ringleader. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Ringleader, indeed. Yeah. How was that experience? Because I only have one sister. So I'm having... so sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think having a big family is the best thing that could have ever possibly happened to me. You know, yeah. I, I think that I was so amazing mm-hmm. that my parents just tried to <laughs> replicate that. <laughs> Sounds right. Yes. I love that. If I you love can hear it. this clap, I'm clapping <laughs> up for her. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, every single one of my siblings improves upon me immeasurably oh. down the line. But um, So what's the, what's the age difference between y'all? So my youngest sibling is 16 years younger than me. Wow. So I, they're 16. 16 That's so. like Trinity. Trinity's, uh, his sister and him are around 16 years, I think. So would you say you're close to your youngest sibling? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Nice. Okay. Um, I, I feel like my parents really just had their own grandchild. Right. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> with her, uh, which was really smart of them because none of us are giving them grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got Planning other ahead. stuff going on. Yeah. We got yeah. things to do. But yeah, I think we're really lucky in that we genuinely all really like each other. Mm-hmm. And if you were to see any two of us together, any random two of us together, you may not actually think that we were related. Like, really? But if you get the group of us together, then you see all of the, all the, connections. All the connections, all that good genetic mash yeah. that squishes up wow. into different configurations. It's good. So, where did the uh, spark of creation come from uh, for your design and for art, just in general? Well, I um, I was always very equally divided between left brain and right brain kind mm-hmm. of interests. Yeah. And so, like, when you would take that test in high school about, like, oh, what should you be? I was always equal, you know, 50-50 left and right brain. So, yeah. Always um, keep them guessing. Yeah, you gotta keep <laughs> it fresh. <laughs> you know? And I think that in addition to always wanting to create, I always wanted to draw something. I always wanted to paint or um, perform or do something, um, frankly, to draw attention. I mean, there was a big crowd at my house. Yeah, so yeah. And <laughs> being number one, you were, all, you were always allowed to do maybe a little bit more than the little ones, but it came with the price of responsibility of like, well, yeah. you're the eldest and I really need to, you mm-hmm. know, the little one needs a little bit more of my time or attention or whatever, which right. seemed fair, but, yeah. um, yeah. you know, sometimes <laughs> you just kind of like needed to draw the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. I, you're, I feel... you're preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a, the oldest of three or, well, there's three of us so older of two. And I just always felt like 
I, I was the test, right? So mm-hmm. I was never allowed to do certain things, but yet my youngest siblings were. And I'm like, well, hey, how's that fair? I don't get that. Because you probably my exhausted cur- your parents so much that <laughs> they were like, ah, my screw it. Just yeah. do whatever you want. I have to make it to stay up till midnight. Like, this is not fair at all. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, my parents were really good about understanding kind of innately that um, fair didn't didn't mean identical or, you know, equal doesn't mean the same Mm -hmm. necessarily. And so all of my siblings have different personalities, different interests. And so, you know, the the big exciting moment at my house growing up was always when my dad got home from work because both my parents worked. My mom was a calculus teacher at Uh Mullins High School, home of the fighting auctioneers. (laughs) 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 And after school, all the kids would ride the school bus or get picked up, ride with a friend to my dad's pharmacy, Cox Pharmacy. Okay. Which is all the things that you think a small town pharmacy would be. Like yeah. he had a magazine stand where Playboy is wrapped up in, you know, <laughs> craft paper. And, you know, he had Did he um, have a place where you could like sit and have lunch a, and all that. He had that? a soda fountain. Oh, nice. And I, is it still there? It was sold, unfortunately, to when chain pharmacies became a big thing. But um, we have a million amazing memories of like uh, a gift. The gift wrap counter had every kind of decoration you could possibly want. We would make crafts and we would tie bows. We'd wrap all the Christmas presents. He had. You know, um, a Russell Stover uh, display. Oh, no. Russell yes. Stover. I remember that. <laughs> you could have a treat. <laughs> you never knew what you were going to get with those. Oh, no. it was true. A lot like life, really. Right. Indeed. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did you just equate life to Russell Stover? I love you so much. Well, it's like Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. That's right. You never know what you're going to get. That's true. So so delicious. Yeah. So it sounds like you had, you know, this really rich dynamic childhood mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I love the description of the, the 50, 50 split of left and right brain, because I think that's always, you know, uh, of your, your many talents. That's something I, I think is so interesting about you is that you have this artistic brain and you create these incredible designs, but you're also stupidly business savvy. So talk to me a little bit about how, you know, that, that history and that love for design, how you took that and ran with it to become the fempreneur you are today. Well, I think, you know, my, my mom especially was very concerned about, um, about us all being self-sufficient, being independent. And so it, it led to being really pretty practical because, you know, while it was never, uh, sort of overtly stated, I understood that resources that came to me needed to also go to all of my siblings. And so, um, you know, I, I always saw that something that was purchased for me was also used down the line, um, for my, my younger sisters. And it was just, uh, unspoken, but very realized that I, that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't accept um, offers to go to out-of-state schools that only had partial scholarships because I was concerned that, you know, I had five other siblings that needed to go to college, too. Yeah, totally. You know, I think that there's a practicality that comes with that. And also my grandparents on both sides were farmers and, you Mm -hmm. know, lived through the Great Depression. And those things weren't discussed, but certainly I knew them. And so I was always just really concerned with how I was going to make a living. So, um, So. So I wanted to pursue something that allowed me to be creative, but also, um, you know, gave me the opportunity to 
uh, provide all the things that I needed in life. And I loved making things. I loved mm-hmm. the idea that there would be something at the end of the day that I could point to physically and say, <laughs> oh, this is what I did today. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I thought about, well, I could enjoy the artistry of plastic surgery and create beautiful faces <laughs> for a while. And then I was like, no, thanks. So that, uh, that's, that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought um, architecture sounded pretty incredible because mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, got to have a place to live, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. So, that, that's mm-hmm. a thing. It's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. Sadly, it's a thing. So, but you weren't always... Uh, entrepreneur. So when did when did that shift happen? You know that really happened in uh, 2008 2009 for okay. me. So I always assumed in architecture school you're really kind of uh, frankly it shouldn't be called a school it should be called an architecture cult because yeah. that's uh, <laughs> that's really what it is. I mean you buy into this kind of notion about what makes uh, what makes architecture the superior you know, form of art in uh-huh. the world. And, yeah. and if you don't sign on the dotted line about how, uh, kind of superior that these, this devotion to your craft is, then you're really very frowned upon and, and not taken very seriously. You're shunned. So you're shunned. <laughs> Architecture shunning. Huh. Yeah. You need, uh, you need really big horn room glasses and like a black turtleneck. And <laughs> this was before Steve Jobs. Yes, this yeah, is like He stole it. He totally stole that yeah. from Corby. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so when I went to Clemson, I did my undergrad and then again, and then my master's in architecture. And when I came out of my master's, I worked for a couple of years at a high-end residential architecture firm before 2008 when, uh, the rug got pulled out from under all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so really the, the, the question wasn't like, what type of architecture are you going to do? It's like, what architecture is there to do? And it wasn't, you know, well, what is your job going to be now? It's like, are you going to be unemployed or self-employed? Yeah. And so I thought self-employed sounded a lot better than yeah. unemployed. Yeah, for sure. Being in control of that. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's interesting too, just um, again, going back to stalking you a lot. Um, <laughs> the There were two things that really um, uh, jumped out at me. One was that you create an experience with everything that you design. Right. There's and we talk about that a lot with all of our businesses that we have going Mm -hmm. on is that it's not just like the product. It's the experience of the product that makes it successful. And then also your relationship to the person. And I I love how like in your core values there, it's transparency, honesty, reliability, dependability and then structure. Like all of those things, like you could put that on a Tinder profile. And that's oh, like, that and is believe the, me, that's, I have. Yeah, that's, that's like the quintessential, like, that is like the perfect relationship. But that's what, that's what you, um, I think when you're infusing that into your business, I think that's really essential. So talk more about that for me. Well, I think that ultimately we want to do business in the way that we want to live life. Because Amen. as an entrepreneur, that really is a disproportionate amount of your life. Mm-hmm. And so I... I don't think I would be successful uh, with the day in, day out if I were attempting to 
be something else during right. those working hours. Right. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of that kind of compartmentalization between mm-hmm. work and home and regular day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> Mary Beth and I were talking about how like, um, I was trying to find balance last year and I'm just, it's just not. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to hear that word yeah, anymore. Like, I don't think balance it is It gives nothing. me a twitch. <laughs> just not... Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you see me try to walk through an empty room, you would know that balance is not something I do yeah. <laughs> in any sense of the word. So, you know, I'm, I'm all in and wholly committed. And so for me, trying to understand how to live differently in business and personal life was not something that I had the energy for. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. can we dig into that a little bit? Because one of the, the things that you know, I want to talk to you about is you're not just in the interior design architecture space. Now you're branching out into building badasses, which is really what I see as the education influencer networking brainchild of your experience. So, so tell me a little bit about your motivation for that, because I think it ties back so much to your core values. Well, Michelle Suddeth is my brilliant genius work wife for Onyx <laughs> Design Collaborative, which, yeah. you know, is our is our day job. And we, we love that so much. We're so passionate about what we do. But because we are luxury, high-end residential, um, and because we, we prize such a, like, high-touch uh, factor to mm-hmm. everything that we do, there's a very, very uh, real... Um, limit to the number of people that we can serve through that. There's right. just not enough of us to go around. And also it's a long time that you're with a client. It's right? an yeah, incredible years. investment. So, so in time. What, what would be the time, like an, an estimate time frame that you work with one specific client? It's often two to three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So one to two years occasionally, but often two to three years because so, of the scale of the project. So, so what does that look like? So when you say two to three years, I'm thinking, does it really take that long to like you know, pick some pieces out, do this and structuralize, like, what does that all look like? So the, the most successful projects that we do as, um, as design professionals are projects and and by project, I mean, most of our clients are building new residences or doing a very comprehensive renovation on their residences. And most of these properties are oceanfront Mm -hmm. resort, um, luxury level projects. Essentially, the the most successful way to do our work on that type of project is to be signed the very day that the project architect Mm -hmm. is signed. And so often a design process from an architectural standpoint for a custom home in our region is going to take about a year. Mm. And then the contractor is going to spend about two years building the property building the project. Okay. Yeah. And are you also doing the interior design as well, like furniture's mm-hmm. pictures and all the decor and things of that nature? So I have an undergrad and a master's in architecture from Clemson. Um, and in order to get your license to be a project architect, it requires three plus years of internship experience and then a series of exams that take most people about a year to complete. So I'm technically an associate architect because I have not completed all of my exams yet. Mm. I was busy, you know, doing other things like <laughs> when most college like <laughs> all this launching stuff that businesses we're talking about. and yeah. yeah. So I don't practice as an architect, I practice as an interior designer. So my specialty in our in Onyx Design Collaborative is the interior architecture aspect 
aspect of the job. So as a project architect's designing the home from the outside in, I'm helping them design from the inside out. So I'm thinking about all the stuff, the fixtures, finishes, Mm -hmm. um, and furniture layouts that are going to impact that design overall Mm -hmm. and how the client's going to actually live in the house. And I'm really trying to be an advocate for the client in how she wants to live day to day and think about those spaces. Whereas the project architect has a lot of other uh, things on her list that, um, you know, that doesn't, that's not necessarily at the top of the priority chain in every decision and it can't be. So it's a back and forth conversation there that's built on the relationship between ourselves and the client. Cool. So then my super amazing, really incredible genius work wife, Michelle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) is the expert in the furniture fabrics. And I mean, her level of genius in that is completely insane. Yeah. And so she's busy working on all of those items while I'm uh, heading up the efforts towards your tile, your hardwoods, your yeah. millwork, and of course we're... And the collaboration with the actual person, the experience and relationship that you have with them. Right. And both of us, Michelle and I are both busy, you know, having slumber parties essentially with uh, the client. <laughs> to, you know, get in her head and really <laughs> understand. Two for one. Exactly. Yeah. We always joke that we share a brain, but luckily it's a big brain. Yeah. So. It is. It's a 500 pound brain. Yeah. I'm so, sure. All that to say, that takes a lot of time and emotional energy. I'm And um, there are only so many people we can serve that way. And what we found is that, um, you know, we're really best at really big projects Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to do things by half measure. And if we take on a bunch of small jobs, we still have all of that emotional heavy lifting to do, that emotional labor of building the relationship, serving the relationship. And it's not just the relationship with the client, although often it's the closest relationship is with the female in Mm -hmm. the equation. So typically the, it's often, you know, a male, female husband and wife or part life partners. And often the, the wife is busy making the decisions about the fabrics and the furniture. The husband is looking at the bottom line and, Mm -hmm. and there's a frequently, and that's grossly generalized, but there's often a division of labor that looks like that. Yeah. And so typically our primary relationship is with the female in that, And we're busy, you know, having lunch and figuring out all the stuff that makes her tick and then expanding that to be sure that all those needs are being met overall. But you also have to have a relationship with the contractor and with the collaborators, with the project architect. And the more you do that, the more, uh, the less you get paid for that, for that (laughs) part of the thing. So building badasses really became a way to meet more women's needs in the building industry and to expand our reach in a way that we couldn't leverage, uh, what we do in our everyday professional life. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah. we're hoping that really the intent of building badasses is to empower women through the process of construction, be it females who work in the building industry, which is where we started, or female clients, because never before in the history of humanity have women ever been in a position to own property, run their own uh projects, you know, decide how they're going to spend their dollars, invest their dollars in their homes or in their brick and mortar businesses. Wow. And we just really don't have any education or even a vocabulary 
that's accessible to women about how you do that. And so I really yeah. think that that can change. It should change. You are changing it. I want to change it. You're on the forefront. Yeah. yeah. Right? There's no I reason. Think, yeah. There's no reason that there should be so many, you know, so much smoke and mirrors around this or that well, women let's should be honest, feel intimidated. Like women, sh- women have always been the ones that are in whether, whether or not it's always the women that are making the decisions yeah. that the men, you know, yeah. take credit for. Mm. Well, it was hard for me to, well, it's hard for me to find the language yeah. to say like, that. That's what I'm talking That's why we need a ring leader. You know, but yeah, for yeah. real. I mean, well, yeah. and I would say as someone who's going through renovating, remodeling, of our first home and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the division of labor is very similar in Mm -hmm. our, you know, our dynamic. Um, the learning curve is so steep Mm -hmm. and, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's been incredibly intimidating Mm -hmm. going into a situation where I'm often, I often find myself, you know, surrounded by men mansplaining how things like dryer (laughs) vents work (laughs) And it's like, you know, I consider myself a smart cookie, but it's an, it's an entirely different ballpark. And, uh, you know, you, you just desperately want a guidebook and yeah. a lot of dollars are being spent. Right. So yeah. you're having to put a lot of trust in, you know, experts without speaking their language. Mm-hmm. Right. You're trying to spend your money well. You're trying to navigate this process. Yeah. The learning curve so steep. And, and I, I think I was surprised that they're just there weren't resources out there to help me learn before I started stroking checks. So I think there's such a need for this because, you know, on the other side of that, coming out of it a year later, still learning very quickly, um, still awesomely steep, but it's so empowering. And, you know, when 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 you you, have a support network around you that is able to to be able to ask questions to to make the best possible decision. And as you move forward in this project and you start to see your vision come to fruition, you're like, hell yeah, I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, I do. I feel really strong and and I feel powerful that I'm spending my money well and I'm creating this home that I love. So it's, it's really an amazing process but having some guidelines and, and just being, quite frankly, mm-hmm. I would have loved to to have been able to connect with more women and bring them into the fold yeah. because I at least feel like I could have communicated better. Well, that's the you thing. Know? You know, our our culture we're not we're not socialized as women to um, to even know where to ask our questions yeah. about this stuff. Now, I will, I'm a huge proponent of YouTube for this. Like, mm-hmm. it really demystifies a lot of construction questions that you may have. It's a great resource for people to, you know, when we feel embarrassed that mm-hmm. our contractor is using terminology that we don't understand, it's really easy to jump on there and see a, a quick video about, you know, whatever they're addressing dryer vent installation for for example. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But how much more powerful is it to be able to hop on a live, uh, hop on a live platform and ask your question to a a big group of educated, knowledgeable trade professionals who are able to say, Oh yeah, I deal with this every day. Don't listen to what he's saying. There are lots of different ways that we can tackle this thing. You should push back. Here's why and how. Yeah, and love it. So, so yeah. But what's your typical client for for that aspect of your business? Like someone like me could go, "Hey, um, this is my vision, and I have no idea how to get there." And I can ask all the questions, or is it larger than that? I think there are, well, really the intent is that there are multiple points of entry depending on what you need and how you want to go about doing it. So we offer a free Facebook private group where you can jump on as a homeowner and just 
have casual conversation with all of us about, you know, quick down and dirty questions that you might have about how things work and what we recommend for different um different issues that you run into. I think the more valuable thing that we offer is a series of masterminds so that small groups of female homeowners who are either planning a project or in the midst of a project can um, come together once a week for a more in-depth session um, via Zoom um, and talk one-on-one with an industry professional who kind of helps them walk through the project step-by-step and just offers Uh, expertise and support Mm -hmm. and you know I can't afford a team of designers I can't I mean I am a designer I I can't afford a designer I I literally was sitting here thinking to myself like I have this room I have this space and I have a vision for what I want it to look like I mean I'm not knocking down walls I'm talking paint maybe different furniture Mm -hmm. and different pieces and have no idea how to go about it or what store right. to go so shopping that would be a great, at. Right, that's yeah. what I'm thinking on, of like, because yeah. like, I'm not you, hiring sure. like you know some construction company to come in and like do all the things for me. Yeah. Sure, and you know I think every every designer has his or her own preferred way of working, and small projects are perfect for lots of designers. They love a churn and burn quick before and after. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we can help you get matched with someone who's just like, okay, you've got one room, e-design, here's your budget, flat fee, turn it around in, you know, a week to you. Or if you want to do it yourself, then we have a mastermind that, you know, in in the course of a month, you can hop onto a call every week and be like, well, I'm thinking about this color or that color. And we can be like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Sherman Williams, amazing gray, all the yeah, way. Yeah. You know, or whatever the answer yeah, is. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing about design it's rare that there's one right answer. Right. And that's what's right. intimidating for the general public. Unfortunately, a lot of super wealthy people pay design professionals in order to abdicate their responsibility, in order to have someone that they can point to and say, You said this was going to be great, and I hate it. It's your fault. Right. Mm, And, you know, that's one of the most painful points of the process for a design professional because the truth is, the bottom line, if it isn't an issue of construction, then the bottom line is, do you like it? Yeah. If you like it, it's right. If you don't like it, it's not. And unfortunately, it's it's, it's a feeling and it's an opinion. And, your mother-in-law will have a very different opinion. Mm. <laughs> and Mary Beth. <laughs> oh my God, the Wait. great Drake caper of 2019. Yes, yes. yes. If you're easily swayed by that, then nothing I do is going to be right because your mother-in-law should be my client, not yes. you. Yeah. So, right. You know, there is, yeah. there is an element of that at play too. But when you describe it that way, it makes a, a lot of sense why you focus so much on the relationship side of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you know, with, with doing something so intimate and having it be dependent on, at the end of the day, do you like it, which is so subjective. Yeah. You know, we deal with that a lot in the marketing space, too. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes sense that you really do have to dig into the, the deep stuff of building that relationship. Well, it's the same thing as being a coach or an owner of a gym, yeah. right? Yeah. You make personal relationships in order to have those moments of, you know, when you're asking people to do challenging things that they one trust you and know that like you have their best interests at heart. You know? Yeah. And there are a lot of left brain, right brain questions over the course of, of an entire project that weigh in on that. You know, it's not only a matter of uh, oversimplified as usual. It's not only a matter of whether or not you like it. It's also, there are also things that we can tell you about, 
how well it will perform for you. If upon resale, you'll get your, you know, your money back on that. There, there are practical aspects to everything that have to be hashed out too. And that's where, um, someone with expertise in the field can really help you. But I think, Probably the most powerful thing that Building Badasses offers for female homeowners over a lifetime is um, our online uh, education offerings. So, you know, what I really think is going to help democratize all of these um, all of these things to a greater segment of the population is that what would take me two years to work very interpersonally with you on over the course of a high-end luxury project, I can help you step through in a matter of months at your own pace through an online course. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that is absolutely invaluable. And yeah. I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that what most high-end clients would pay to work with Michelle and myself at Onyx would be tens of thousands of dollars, $30,000 at least. Um, now that's stretched out over three years, but you know, for a thousand dollars, I can help you over a course of three months mm-hmm. plan your process from knowing how to interview your contractor, knowing what questions to ask, helping to evaluate the bid, seeing where the holes are. Yeah. Um, to you know, most of us are not building new construction. Most of us are doing small renovations. Well, what are the problems that you're likely to uncover when they open up that wall. There are a lot of questions there. How should you prepare yourself? And it's not just practical preparation. It's also emotional preparation because when you're living in (laughs) a job site, you know, it's hard enough working on a job site when you're living in one, please. So where can all of us female uh, homeowners Mm -hmm. find you? So we are at buildingbadasses.com and it's a super slick, really fancy new website. Thanks to somebody that I know. It's nice. real pretty. <laughs> the, other, the other ginger in the house. Yeah. yeah. But we unroll all of these, uh, all of these opportunities throughout the course of the year. And, um, you know, we're always available through our private Facebook group too, for people to shout out at us, or you can follow us on Instagram building underscore badasses.com Amazing. or whatever it is. I've forgotten already. That's right. <laughs> so before, before you leave, um, we always ask this question to every person that's on the podcast. Um, and it is, if they only knew, what do you wish people knew about you? You know, I think that the thing I wish people understood about me is that I'm actually an introvert. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a really big personality and package to match. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think what a lot of people don't understand is that, like, um, for some of us, you can be super sociable Mm -hmm. and really outgoing, but you're still a textbook introvert. And so it, it, as much as I enjoy other people, it does cost me energy. Um, it doesn't give me energy like it would if I were an extrovert, which sometimes I wish I really were because I think the presentation doesn't actually always match the experience. Yeah. So I think that that is something to know about people who are, you know, loud and Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Attention seeking. No, we're not always yeah. like that all day, every day. I yeah. relate to this on a yeah. deep level. Yeah. Yeah. Being an introvert in an extroverted world. It's yes. Just, it, you know, and I think being able to project that uh, appearance of extroversion is, is actually the most misleading thing that I do. Yeah. As a, as a human being because I really need to go home and be quiet and not talk yes. to you anymore. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this was amazing. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Such a pleasure. 
She's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I again, I'm always so impressed by the, the way that she's influencing the community, mm-hmm. but I can't help but also be frustrated by the fact that there are so few women in this space. Like, yeah. there's such a need for it. And, it, you know, again, like, I, I'm really excited to see Building Badasses take off because, mm-hmm. you know, as a as probably a prospective client, I want there to be a lower barrier to entry to women in construction, not just as like enlightened consumers, yeah. but also, you know, I, I want to work with more women on my project. For sure. Yeah, I want to, sure. yeah. you know, whether they're in tile, stone, cabinetry, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Or, or, you know, being a GP on a project, like I want more women in the fold. So I think it's going to be really neat to see, these connections take place when and- building badasses is running the world in construction <laughs> and world domination, yeah. you know, there's going to be a plethora of women in there and crushing it. And I think that's, that's so vital to, to the world preach. Yeah, yes, absolutely. absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all be on the lookout for Emily Cox. I mean, yeah. again, like she's, she's just getting started and Hell yeah. you know, here's to the empire. I'm very That's excited awesome. for next, uh, next episode. Uh, chef James London from chubby fish. I'm already one hungry. of my favorite restaurants here in Charleston. That's He's on my list to try. Oh, try it yet, so yeah, we have to, we, we should go, go before, there. before yeah, we, uh, before sure. we have them on homework. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's good. homework. Yeah. Awesome guys. Um, so engage with us on Instagram at Rhapsody Radio Show or email us at info at rhapsodyradio.com. We love that you're listening to us. Come back and hear us again. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye, guys.